Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Challenge Talk, part of the Geocache Talk Network. We broadcast live on the first Thursday of each month. Feel free to jump over to YouTube or Facebook to watch the broadcast and live and join the wonderful uh, and active chat room or listen to the entire show on your favorite podcast player. Good evening, everyone. In this episode, we will be chatting about 2021 goals. And we also have prizes to give away each show to our listeners. Between each show, be sure to email your challenge cash finds to challenge talk podcast at gmail.com and you could be a winner. Later in the show, we also play our special game exclusively for our live audience, the Wheel of Challenges. So listen live, get your email app ready, and follow instructions when the time comes so you can have a chance at winning the grand prize, a one-year membership at Project GC. <laughs> yes. We are your hosts, Emily and Jeff from Cash the Line, and we have a quick special news item with a little guest right down there who is Jesse Tuttle. Can you explain why you're here? <laughs> yeah, so can everyone hear me? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yes. So uh, um, we are part of the, um, I guess, the Worldwide Cash Con 21, and we're bringing the swag to it. Uh, just now we are pushing it live. The swag is available. It is for advanced order only um, and limited uh, a limited time. Uh, we will be closing um, purchase on February 1st at uh, 12.01 a.m. Pacific time. And at that time, the order will be started at the Mint for almost the exact quantity that we are producing. So uh, if you want swag, uh, jump on it now. It, uh, uh, we tried to you know, really provide some cool stuff. The coin design is the logo of the event. Um, so go ahead and click on the coin option there. On the GeoCoin. Yeah. Click here. There we go. So for those listening, we have the website gc, gcswag.com pulled up, showing off the uh, swag that's available for purchase. And we're now looking at the design of the Worldwide Cash Con GeoCoin. So we are... Nice. It's, very, it's like our a lot of our other coins, but specific to this event. Yep. And uh, what you're seeing there is, so uh, one of you were asking me about the, the front there with uh, the gradient. We're going to use a translucent slope that metal 3D to give a really nice effect. It will come out looking much like the artwork you see. That's so cool. Yeah. Nice, yeah. So uh, that logo on the front page there, yeah. So the other cool thing is we will be shipping all through the U.S. and Europe. So this is the Worldwide Cash Con, so we are making sure everyone's supported. Uh, and for uh, any shipping overages, we'll just go ahead and eat them. So we want everyone in the entire geocaching community to be blessed by this. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. It looks great. And, uh, yeah, those geocoins will be great to add to the collection. <laughs> <laughs> So the website, if you are listening, is gcswag.com slash WWCC2121. Just 21, not 2121. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the coins are listed at $12, assuming that's US dollars. Mm -hmm. Yep. And a uh, t-shirt for 70 and uh, the combo shirt and coin for $27. Yep. And then scroll down a little more. There's, yep. So that's the... Um, a, a, the larger package if you want to help 
I guess, support. Oh, yeah. with a special edition version yep. of the coin. Mm -hmm. So $45 for the silver and gold geo coins and the shirt all together. Great. So again, you, you can see all that at gcswag.com slash WWCC21. And I, purchases go up to January 30th? Um, yes. It will close February 1st at 12.01 a.m. Right. Okay. Excellent. So, and then uh, people should expect to have them in hand probably mid to end of March because production time and Chinese New Year. All right. Mm -hmm. And there's, yeah, the picture of the T-shirt to go along with it. Yeah. We've got the uh, two-color, the white logo on the front. Yep. Looks good. I like it. Oops. <laughs> 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 Hit the wrong button. Thank you, uh, Jesse. Uh, there's going to be loads more information about Worldwide CashCon also coming up in the f next few weeks. So uh, everybody... Yep, everybody pay attention to all of the news and all the podcasts because we're going to be dropping news regularly. And we've got great stuff for a full day. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, you know, Tom Brotherman did remind me of something. Uh, there is a special package for $1,000 where I'll come and wax, wax your car as well. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that chat. Awesome. All right. Take care. Yeah, Thank you, thanks, thanks for coming by. And also at our uh, Geocache Talk website, we have our store, our live store with our new shirts and our new coins. Uh, Butterfly Girl said she wore a Challenge Talk shirt today and she loves the coin. So thank you. Thank you awesome. for your purchase. Thank you for your support. Um, here's the Challenge Talk coin and all our current coins are for sale on the at the store link of the website. Um, so check that out. Love all of our coins. I love their consistent theme, but uh, mm -hmm. with each show's special, um, what are these? These are our logos. <laughs> yeah, that's the word, logo, yes. <laughs> that's the word. <laughs> yeah, there is a nice series. Every podcast in uh, Geocache Talk Network has its own coin, and, it, and you get them all lined up. It looks, it's wonderful. <laughs> They're nice. It's a nice set. Yeah. So uh, as usual, we love hearing from you, so don't forget if you have any uh, questions um, or topics, big or small, then email challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com and we may well chat about them or just answer them quickly. So uh, keep that in your to-do list. <laughs> I love hearing from everybody, so keep them coming. Mm. Even if we don't reply, we get them. We, we try to reply. We get them, we read them, they inspire us. Yes. <laughs> so uh, every month we also like to uh, update... Uh, the statistics about challenge caches, and um, all based from Project GC's website. They have a nice little box, quaint and handy, to list all of their statistics. So, as of well, about a couple of hours ago, uh, took a look at the numbers, and compared to last month, we now have 5,723 active scripts. Uh, these are the scripts that handle all of the challenge caches in the system. And that's up by 163. So there's still lots of stuff, lots of new ideas uh, being created. Good. Uh, we've got 34,740 unique challenges, which is up 95 from last month. So that would be the net change of new caches published versus archived. Uh, and that seems lower 
especially given the next stat of 41,995 active tags. And these are the unique checkers in Project GC uh, connected to specific GC codes. And that was up 267. So it's interesting that there's 95 new unique challenges, but 267 active tags. Yeah. Kind of implies that there's been a number of archivals just over the past month. Possibly. But if you remember from the archiving, are you saying that's an archived cache or an archived checker? Uh, ca uh, caches. So uh, unique challenges, different parameters. You know, that's a good point. Um, it, it's not unique, it's not active challenges. Yeah, it's okay. unique challenges. So ninety-five unique challenges. The, so the tag. Oh right, yes. So the tags. There could be um, one a unique challenge that was created, but multiple GC codes could use that same challenge checker. Right. Um, okay. So the tags, uh, the tags just connect multiple listings to one, one checker, which is why there could be so many. It's it's fun trying to remember what the definitions of all these are because it's it gets pretty technical. Yeah, it's geek language. <laughs> <laughs> so there are also now remember a couple of months ago we had the addition of the challenge cache attribute. Mm -hmm. So we like to take a look at how many active challenges by a search on geocaching.com. So just by the previous rule of having challenge in the title, there were 30,231 active challenges, uh, which is up by 361 active challenge listings by challenge in the title. To contrast, there are 30,199 active challenge caches with the attribute which is a 32 lower difference. So there are more challenge caches by challenge in the title mm -hmm. than there are by the attribute. So whether that means there are 32 caches that aren't challenges with challenge in the title <laughs> or people just haven't had the attribute. But 32 is not a lot in the whole no. world. Yeah. That's good. Uh, it's pretty, it's, I think it's pretty much in sync now. You can be fairly guaranteed that if you searched for an attribute challenge, the, the challenge cache attribute, then you will find challenge caches now. Yeah, you won't good. miss any. So we've got uh, news items. As we've already talked about, the uh, Worldwide Cache Con is coming up on January 30th. And uh, that is something that we really want to encourage people to, uh, to be a part of, to come and join. Um, there's yeah, there, a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of different topics. A lot of us on the, in the network have been um, getting some really interesting contacts from all around the world for some great content. And I know everyone's going to enjoy it. I'm very excited for it. And uh, so don't miss it. It's going to be mm -hmm. great. It's in a way, this could be a uh, 20 year celebration. So lots of, <laughs> again, lots of great. Uh, topics to chat about mm -hmm. um, from basics to more advanced stuff um, and you can see the current schedule of events and sponsors and any news that's been released already uh, at the website which is at geocachetalk.com slash wwcc21 uh, go there and you can check it out mark it on your calendar and be there from 10 a.m to 7 p.m central time yes <laughs> I always have to remember that because I'm Eastern, so it's mm -hmm. and I'm Pacific. 
I had to ask Gary not to make him get up too early that day. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesse has said in our chat that the first friends of for US and Europe have been ordered. And uh, I think one of those is from our someone in our chat watching live from just finding our way. So awesome. thank you guys. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Things are on their way. So it is now 2021. Finally. Yeah, <laughs> finally. <laughs> Seven days already in, but geocaching is still going strong. Yes. Um, the souvenir promotions that began last year, they're still going for the most part. And so just to review what we've got going right now, uh, the memory lane promotion has already ended. That ended on January 3rd. Mm -hmm. So if you have... I think even the, the time for posting your logs is done. I think that was January 6th. So hopefully you've posted your logs and uh, earned your points to earn the souvenirs for the memory lane. Right. That was a nice challenge. That was a nice yeah. 2020 themed challenge mm -hmm. for the 20 years of geocaching. Yeah, it was nice that they highlighted those uh, kind of milestones in the geocaching uh, community timeline. Yeah. Uh, the Wonders of the World souvenir series is still ongoing. And I don't believe there was an end date announced yet. I haven't seen an end date, so keep on going. Keep on yeah. searching. Uh, they, they put the uh, attributes in the filter sections on the app and on the website. So it's really easy to find what you need. And hopefully yep. also have the time you need to finish that. Yep. I find it really handy that they put those souvenirs in the official app. Mm -hmm. It's another good use of that app is to go there and uh, see what your current stat is and what is still active. Right. The first and last souvenirs, or the last and first souvenirs of 2020 and 2021. Have you uh, got both of your souvenirs yet? Yes, I got <laughs> my first last, no, I, <laughs> I got my last souvenir <laughs> early. But I think the first day it was available. Um, but I did end the year uh, with a cash on the 31st. And then I started the year with a cash on the 1st. So mm -hmm. I enjoy doing that every year. Yep. And that one is still going till uh, January 8th. So you've got until tomorrow, if you haven't already found a cache in 2021, get out there and log it. Yeah. And Jeff, did you meet your geocaching goal for 2020? For finding 2020 caches in 2020, yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and after that happened, I realized that, you know, there is a challenge in, my, in, in Ontario to have three consecutive years of 2000 finds. So I'm thinking I might try for it again this year. Will this be I, your second or third year? This will be, 2021 will be the second year of three. Okay. And so you're committing to something big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I put that, I categorized that challenge in extremely hard and probably never going to do. <laughs> but having done this year, I'm like, oh man, that's one third of the way there. Can you? Yeah. Wait, did you say it was consecutive second, years or just consecutive three years? Consecutive years. Yeah. Consecutive yeah. years. Yeah. So Especially thinking, with a shutdown in so many places. Know. So good luck. It takes I, a number of uh, high count weekends yeah. to get that kind of number over the year. My biggest year ever was a thousand and towards the end of the year. Yeah. That's every single weekend high counts. Mm. And <laughs> I, I'm not going to try again. I'm not going to say, <laughs> well, I shouldn't say never. I'm not going to really try hard again. I'm not going to specifically mm. make it a goal at the beginning of any year. Yeah. 
because it was tiring and I'm yeah. cashed out in my area and I live on the coast, so I can't cash to the West, you know? Mm. So it, that's, that was hard for me, but this year I couldn't believe it. I noticed I was close to 500. So I just did a little bit more strategic geocaching and got 500 mm. in 2020. So pretty good for a pandemic yeah. and all my I, travel canceled. Yeah. And it certainly helps being in an area where there's lots of geocaches. Yes. Which is another good reason you don't compare your numbers to somebody else anywhere because their local makeup of geocaches may be completely different than yours. They might be the only hider in their area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, it's a, it's an interesting, it's a fun goal to, uh, to work towards. So hopefully that works out again. <laughs> yeah. We've got a good idea in the chat room with, uh, for CashCon. Um, Houston, Texas, Dave says he's going to have a WWCC 21 watch party event. So that's a good idea. If you can do that safely with others, um, I like it. Think about doing that. Invite some folks to join you. Yep. And have a watch party. Yeah. And depending on your health regulations, what's yes. possible <laughs> as an in-person event. But you could, even if you wanted to, do a, a virtual watch party. Yes, you can. You know, do that one of those Facebook watch party things and have mm -hmm. a whole bunch of people watching or a Zoom part. I don't know why <laughs> I want to work it out, but watch it. Yes. <laughs> and um, so I thought it would be interesting uh, because we love stats. The uh, Geocaching HQ posted a blog post with an infographic of all of the 2020 activity. Mm -hmm. And uh, it includes a number of uh, interesting um, statistics. But uh, in the forum, there was a request for a little more detail and um, mountain bike added to that a little bit. But first of all, if we look at this infographic, 2020 year in the, in the rear view, we mean year in review. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't already seen it, um, they do this every year. They create a nice long graphic that gives some general stats. And we've got things like uh, stats on the hides and finds, an average on average, geocachers found 38 geocaches this year. That seems kind of reasonable. Um, right. All those newbies getting into it, trying it. Mm -hmm. Plus and, everyone's and, slower pace this year. Yeah. Or and, many and, and depending on, on like who you hang out with and what some regions makeups are like, 38, at least in Ontario, seems extremely low because we've got so many people who find mm -hmm. thousands of caches and all over and do loads of traveling. And so 38 seems low, but that is basically every user who has found at least one geocache in 2020, over all those people, 38 is the average. So I guess that's, that's, that's how the world looks. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, with uh, 80 million find logs posted, Two, just over 2 million geocaches found at least one geocache. So that's 2 million active as of 2020 geocachers. Uh, February 29th was the most active day, not surprisingly. <laughs> you <laughs> got to get a cache on February 29th when you, <laughs> you have, have the to. chance. <laughs> yeah. Over 600,000 total finds logged in one day. That's wow. nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. Um, Top five countries with the most find logs, not surprisingly. Number one was Germany. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we've got USA, Netherlands, Czech, Czech, Czechia, Czechia, Czech, 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, and France. So France was kind of interesting to see on the top five. <laughs> Good. Uh, we've got 434,000 new geocaches placed, 30,000 geocaches hid their first 
geocache. So that's like almost 10% of new caches placed were first time hides. Hides, yeah. Hmm. Uh, 4 million total favorite points awarded and 7 million souvenirs earned. And there were 5.2 million new geocachers. I don't know if that means first finds or just new registrations. Accounts created, I bet. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole lot of activity. It'd be interesting to see the comparison to the prior year, to the previous year as well. Yeah, it would be. It would be. Because I think definitely the theme, um, I'm seeing it right here in the chat room. There was a massive influx of new cashers here in the UK just as an activity mm -hmm. to get out of the house. I think we've seen that almost worldwide um, mm -hmm. this year. Yeah. I, I, I would have liked to see a whole lot more promotion of geocaching as a, as a popular outdoor activity. <laughs> I guess I didn't read the article, um, but I guess it was in the New York Times this week. So yeah, yep, That's that was big. that was a nice thing to see. Mm -hmm. It's great to see little articles like that, especially in the large, uh, in the large, large publications, media. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so mountain bike added a little bit to these stats. Uh, what's one that was new? So he he mentioned that the median find count was four. Median, that means that half the people, half the active geocachers who found at least one cache found four or fewer geocaches throughout the year. Half the active geocachers found more than four. Okay. That, that seems very low. It feels very low. <laughs> That's probably a whole lot of people who downloaded the app and found one or two and, you know, that was it. Went to the next thing, right, right. Mm -hmm. You could probably do a whole lot of math on this. If the median is four and the average is 38, the uh, maximum find count, he said, was 15,297. To me, that seemed like a huge spread. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there, he also broke down a little more, because if you recall, we had that uh, survey that came up, and almost every survey, they ask what your find count is when you answer them, and it's usually things like, yeah, like one to, one to five and five to 10. You know, and it never goes over a hundred. Never over a hundred, right? So that's a mm -hmm. that's kind of a large population clumped into one group. Mm -hmm. And it seems low. So a lot of people with more than a hundred or a thousand or more are are often interested. Like, well, what? How many people find this many? How many people are this active? So mm -hmm. he gave a little bit of a breakdown and said that um, out of all of the active geocaches, there's 133,000 logged a hundred or more. Okay but then it drops significantly to 14,000 users worldwide logged a thousand or more finds that. And is so this is, this is logged in 2020, not yes. total finds. Yeah. Right. So this is 2020 finds. Um, uh, yeah. So there is kind of a, a very significant drop from that 438 to a hundred to a thousand. Mm -hmm. Like if there was a curve, like, yeah. Huge Tom makes a good point in the chat. Um, it could be just people who started at the end of the year too. They didn't have much time to find. Also things. true. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's throughout the entire year. Yeah. So <clears throat> that was just a fun little statistical overview of 2020. I and, love stats. Uh, I think a lot of us here do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can make any challenges based on them, but no. you could make puzzles based on them. <gasps> yes. <laughs> 
That's so, for another show. <laughs> <laughs> or another podcast. Hey. <laughs> so the, uh, two, our, our topic for today is generally goals for 2021. Because we all like to make them. Uh, geocachers in general, resolutions, that sort of thing. Um, so... Yeah, what, what kind of goals have you... This is especially good for chat room if you have mm -hmm. any Yeah, uh, we want to hear from you. We're going to be watching then. our chat right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people make, make uh, new goals based on their accomplishments from last year and just new ideas coming into the new year. And so we've been watching new challenges that have been published and a lot of them that, you know, are annual uh, challenges... For example, the Jasmer is a monthly one where every new month you've got to find one that month to qualify again. Mm -hmm. So same sort of thing with the years. As as another year progresses, some challenges have to get updated as well. But um, there were a few that I thought that kind of stood out that would be interesting to uh, to consider for this year. Um, I mean, you already mentioned the one about finding a certain number of caches for that year. That's that's mm -hmm. a good thing to start right from January first. Right. You don't want to miss anything and. Uh, be stressed uh, at the end yeah, <laughs> yeah. well uh, yeah like you mentioned uh uh have to find so many before the end of the year as you get closer to the year right and right it's like it, procrastination is not good if no. you're trying to get that many <laughs> no it is um, not the strategy that i used for 2020 was on my calendar for each month i'd say you've got to find basically to keep up an average you've got to find this number of caches this month and yeah. then keep a running total so for 2020, it was about 170 caches a month to find on average to keep to keep uh, on track for that goal. Um, so some months were fewer than 170 and some months were way above mm -hmm. if there were like three weekends of power trail caching. <laughs> and then that helps you at the end of the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, that was that was one thing I was going to mention earlier. There's I mean, we talk about it's not about the numbers. It's not always about the numbers. It's not about, because if you're only out there to increase your find count and get those smileys, then quite often you'll either miss really cool experiences, really great geocaches, or you won't just slow down and appreciate the kind of caches that you find. So, you know, part of me wants to recommend if you're going for high counts, um, try not to, try not to put really good caches in that list if you're going for quantity or speed because chances are you're going to be there to get it and then go right and not, that's a good and, point and really enjoy it mm -hmm. um so it, it's like obviously it's always good to look for power trails generally speaking power trails are going to be filled with caches that aren't individually spectacular or fun mm -hmm. or interesting right it's it's going to be the the experience of start to end grab them all or as many as you can as fast as possible right and the cache owner knows that but you know if there, if you've got a, a really cool cache in the middle of a power trail it's another reason why if you're doing the whole power trail you might miss out on that one because you're just boom 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 mm -hmm. um, and cache owners like to see and enjoy reading about people's experiences if they they really do and um public service announcement write write good logs <laughs> you know um especially for new folks maybe you didn't know that but hi uh yeah um owners owners love a good log um and it a good log doesn't have to be a long log it just um tell me something interesting about why you came what you experienced mm -hmm. anything 
Yeah. And, and I think the, um, the onset of smartphones and the quick logging via the app has kind of had an effect on that as well. A lot of times, For sure. you know, you, you, initially it was, you get those logs with just a dot, a period. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you have to have something in the log. Um, and then sometimes you get just the TFTC and nothing because you're on the field. It takes more time to write a good log if you're tap tapping on your phone. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, at least what I find is that the people who write longer, more interesting logs are the ones who tend to uh, create drafts and compose later when they can sit right, down. Right, that's exactly what I do. Yeah. I'm still old school. I make a draft, I come yeah. home, I sit at my computer at the end of the day and I type things up, whether it was just a few or um, a whole day's worth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, the, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say about the numbers, you know, some folks are completely it's not about the numbers and other mm -hmm. folks are all about the numbers and neither one is wrong mm -hmm. and anywhere in the middle is fine and i know that a lot of what we do a lot of times challenges are based on numbers and have just have fun with it what i i have fun with the numbers as well as the amazing experiences that come with it and i i think that um I'm not stressed about what motivates me to cash. And it, some days it's numbers, some days it's not. Mm -hmm. And so just do do what makes the hobby fun for you. Don't yeah. worry about right or wrong. Right, exactly. And and that's why like when it comes to doing things like power trails, um, my, my expectation if I go out for a day of high numbers is not to find high quality caches because I'm there to you know go, go, go. So I'm going to try to target uh, caches that are intended to be quick finds or easy right. finds, um, things where the cash owner knows that, you know, this person isn't going to have a an, an awesome time finding this one particular right. cache. <laughs> it's going to be the whole experience. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to try to avoid finding caches that I really want to enjoy individually and find long series. If that's the day that I want is a high right. count, then mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to expect. Good. Um, so there are some other interesting ideas of challenge caches that have uh, come up and ideas that have come up that could, one of them that really stood out to me was kind of a play on the lonely cache challenge. Um, if you recall pre-moratorium, you could have challenges. There, there's two ways to understand lonely caches, but you could have challenges based on the amount of time a cache hasn't been found. So the cache is lonely. Uh, another variant is caches with no, no other cache within a certain vicinity. So it's distantly okay. separate from others. But in this case, if we talk about lonely caches as caches that haven't been found for a long time, usually, typically more than a year, uh, people consider lonely, depending on what region you're in and how active mm -hmm. the community is. But um, there was this other cache that came up uh, for lonely caches where uh, it's basically lonely cache is 100 where they this is allowable so you can't you can no longer after the moratorium so post moratorium rules you can't have um, a challenge cache based on other cachers activities so you can't have a lonely right. cache challenge for finding a cache that hasn't been found in a certain amount of time um, so this one this cache got a, around that by making it an average number of days between finds so it uses the history of all of the find logs on that cache to determine an average number 
And to qualify, you have to have uh, found and log 12 caches. So I'm showing the, the cache listing now. It's uh, GC6K641. Uh, the number of days the cache has been in existence divided by the number of fines must be equal to or greater than 100. In other words, there has to be an average of 100 days between fines over its lifetime. Over its whole lifetime. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting twist on the lonely cache to be yeah. a valid post-moratorium lonely cache challenge. Yeah. Gives another uh, another perspective on the lonely loneliness. Yeah. And I ran the checker on my account and I qualified. There was so many caches that made me qualify for this. Um, so it's interesting that, I don't know, it's just interesting that there's probably more than you think that mm -hmm. qualify for this. Yeah. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that the cache is itself um, not, not easily accessible. It could just right. be in a, just, a slow community or for whatever reason, everybody who's active has found the cache already. And then it just sits there for two years. And that makes so it. So someone cache. comes through. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. On the lonely front, uh, we have in our comments from us, Fox, I need to complete 50 years on loved. I'm very 50 intrigued. Years. 50 years. So um, tell us more in the chat. 50 years on loved. Yeah, Sounds like some like kind of combination, be, of course. Yeah. A cumulative. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Curious. Yeah. Um, so another one that is has been growing in popularity over uh, I don't know, the last few years is the 360 challenge. So in that particular one, you have a set of coordinates and typically the geocache, like the, the challenge cache itself. Um, and you have to find a cache in every degree of bearing around that cache. So you have to have 365, 360 caches found, at least one in each of the degrees. And um, there is there is one that people do for themselves, I guess, is 360 from home, because mm -hmm. um, that obviously there's privacy with your home coordinates. <laughs> but Project GC does provide a tool to give you that uh, that map of degrees from home. From your home coordinates and that's at project-gc.com slash tools slash 360 home and if you load that up you will see that full 360 bearing map and it'll tell you which in red which degrees still need a cache find and they also uh they tell you basically on on your zoom on the map where if there is a cache that can be found to qualify for that uh, that degree. Oh, really? Because I, I pulled up my circle. Mm -hmm. So how do I overlay that on? Oh, <laughs> there's a tab for a map. <laughs> um, let's see if I can pull up my COG 360. So Okay, that I'm actually gonna... answers a lot of questions I had. Um, and it, it's interesting, it kind of matches um, my situation. Again, living on the coast, it's a, it's red it's green and red green where you've accomplished it red where you haven't and it's very red in the coastal area for me right so if, if i were to try to do this from home i could really run into trouble mm -hmm. so what i've pulled up is our uh ontario 360 challenge and uh so you can see on there that it, it highlights all the green degrees that have caches found in them and the red ones that don't 
And what I mean by indicating where you can find qualifiers, if you zoom into some of these degrees, they end at a certain distance from the center. Oh, why that is that? Means, that means that that's the farthest cache that qualifies. Oh, that okay. So there could be, there's at least one or, there's one or more caches within each band, but the farthest one is the end of the band. Okay, that makes so sense. It, it helps. Um, but that little tool is very helpful if you want to do any kind of uh, traveling, um, plan a, a, a caching trip to find caches all That's around a that challenge sort of that speaks to me. I like that. I might look more into it uh, mm. for this year. Based on what point on the map, I don't know, but I like it. Yeah. And we have some... <clears throat> Excuse me. We have some uh, activity in the chat. Uh, the Twonky finished his uh, 360 in November. Nice. So congratulations on that. And Burnt Turtle said, um, when I checked my 360, I was amazed to see I only needed one degree. <laughs> so awesome. awesome. Yeah, the fun part is trying to find out where that one qualifier is. Because <laughs> the, 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 the challenge with this challenge is that obviously the closer to the center point that you get, the thinner those bands are. Right, right. So it gets easier to qualify the farther from the center yeah. you get. Easier in one sense because you have to travel a whole lot more. But um, the, the one of the nice things I liked about this uh, COG 360 challenge, our highway, the 401, is this huge spine that spans all along the, the southern end of Ontario. And so if you were to, it's, it's just about the right distance that if you were to take a nice road trip along the 401, uh, following along Lake Ontario, you can stop and check each little region, each little section, every off ramp, grab a few caches and try to knock off probably, well, maybe about a third of these bands of, uh, bearings just by Neat. following the I highway. like it. Mm. Lots of little strategies. So that's something you can try to do throughout the year and work on that. That uh, from your home is the uh, just the general personal challenge. Yeah. Oh, we got someone in the chat with the same issue as me. 20, that'll be really hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> but we also have an answer from Ross Fox on the 50-year unloved. It's the challenge is to find caches with a minimum of one year unloved, but finding it with a maximum of 50 caches. That's, yeah, that's good. Then that, uh, that gives you a good challenge. To, uh, to limit what you can find. Right, to, right. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, so <clears throat> this is the thing that everybody is hoping for, that we can have events again. Oh, I know. <laughs> I keep thinking of event ideas, and my next thought is, but no, <laughs> can't. <laughs> yeah, and the community celebrations, we were all prepped to celebrate 20 years of geocaching and all of that got thrown out the window it did i'm i'm considering um a may 1st 2nd 3rd something like that again this year that was my original thought last year we'll see if what things look like in five months if that's a mm -hmm. possibility for this year mm -hmm. and i know for uh, for canada there's a very strong chance that the u.s canada border is going to be closed for most of the year oh wow there's a good chance of that and if wow. that happens, then unless Ontario is allowed to have events and megas, then we might not even get anything in Ontario, hmm. let alone other Canada. I'm not sure about other provinces, but uh, at least here, 
who knows? There was one, I think it was about two, two months, I think, in the summer last year when uh, things got loosened up just enough that we could have cash in trash out events, so CEDO events. Okay. And a number of people jumped on board. And so I did manage to get a CEDO. Uh, when did I get two? I think one or two uh, CEDOs in 2020. And that did help qualify for a challenge. So I'm glad about that. But then the next okay. month, it was shut down again. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up getting one community celebration and one CETO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of Labor Day time for in the U.S. Right. Yeah. And and that kind of makes sense that cash the CETO events are were allowed because they're kind of uh, fundamentally they're already pretty distant. You don't come together and gather in one spot. And they're you definitely kind of trickle outdoors in and or yeah. most definitely outdoors. I've never heard of an Should indoor CETO. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the gathering spot, but yeah, you can easily change that. Um, so that I mean that the whole thing about events kind of throws a wrench into some challenges that require events each month or certain dates or certain years, people are going to have holes. Right. Uh, well, some people that... kept their Jasmine um, active just mm-hmm. by events. I know for, for me, sometimes it was only one find and that was an event for that mm-hmm. month. You yeah. Know? And now without those events, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. like, no... well, depending on your region, obviously, if you can get out and find a cache, then a lot of people's Jasmers will still be, no, that's place, not found. Place, um, yeah. Yeah, place dates. And they're out there. Yeah. It's just going to add to the challenge. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, as long as they're alive, we can uh, fill in that slowly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to travel next month, and that'll be my chance to get December, January, and February, I hope. Yeah. So. The, the chances of there not being any qualifiers for a certain month is all, slim to none. At right. These, today because there's so many geocachers worldwide. Um, we're not going to have a Jasmine situation of having four qualifiers around the world uh, <laughs> for during the pandemic. There's going right. to there's, there's be plenty of qualifiers. Because um, the other thing to think about is people could still, generally speaking, people can still go outside and hide even if they can't be published. Right. So, True. So <laughs> if they date. make the hide date, um, and even like in my area, you cannot hide anything that's going to be in town near residences, etc. But so far, the um, farther out, more remote areas are still getting caches published. Right. Yeah. So it's still good to keep those notifications on if you're a premium member. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Another one that came to mind that I'm thinking that I was going to attempt to do for this year, at least for me, was to try to find as many 2000 and 2001 oldies in Ontario. Because again, we're, we're trying to fight this whole issue of borders being closed. So it's mm-hmm. like, what kind of challenges and accomplishments can you aim for that don't require too much traveling or, or crossing borders and, and whatnot? Right. Um, I think I, I think in the U.S. your state borders, generally speaking, are open. You can cross. Yes, state they're boundaries. open, and they usually have suggestions instead mm-hmm. of restrictions. Right. Because um, I know for for a number of the provinces, especially the East Coast, they are pretty strict about even just provincial provincial crossing. Interesting. Um, so it's generally safe for people to stay in their own provinces, but our provinces are. I think across the board, much bigger than your states. (laughs) (laughs) They're very big. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. And you know, I knew you were going to um, bring that up tonight. So I actually have all the 2000 caches in Oregon and I have 82 2001 caches. So I, I could look at that and have some, uh, some to do. Even some of those um, DNF'd, I was trying to get some up in um, Northern Oregon and I could not find the right road to get to one of them and I had to <laughs> abandon. So, you know, it's kind of always been in the back of my mind, that little um, uh, bump in that road to that cache that I'd like to figure that out someday. Yeah, I don't that's... know if this year will be the year, but uh, how do I get to that cache? How do I drive to that cache? Right, that's it's a good challenge. Yeah, yeah. A lot of I find a lot of the oldest caches uh, don't necessarily include things that we take for granted today because the, those uh, features and properties didn't exist back then. Things like waypoints for parking and, and trailheads and whatnot. Some of them might give coordinates in the listings, but part of the challenge for the, a lot of those oldies is figuring out how. To, uh, to, to find them, to get them. Yeah, these are out in forests roads and we did our best with the best maps we could and it still ended into a grass path. It was definitely <laughs> not a road and I just couldn't figure out how to get there from where I was. <laughs> so just looking, at, just looking at mine, it looks like I've got 33 unfound uh, 2000 and 2001 caches in Ontario. That's be interesting. Bad. Be interesting to see how how many of those I'll be able to grab. Mm-hmm. Challenge. That's the whole point. <laughs> That's right. Um, so an- another popular challenge that people like to do is the county challenges. Usually for your own home region, but uh, I mean, I think we all know about the Texas county challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's the the state with the most challenges. Texas, I think, is it? I don't. Maybe. I, I wouldn't doubt you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think pretty much every state has a county or municipality uh, or, or sub-region, however it's broken, mm-hmm. whatever it's labeled in a certain country, um, breakdown and a challenge for those. Um, personally, I've already done that for Ontario. I've got all of the, all of the counties, or I'm missing one or two. No, I think I've got them all. Um, and again, that's a whole lot of travel for Ontario, but... Uh, so, uh, check your state, check your region, see if there's a challenge there, because that is a wonderful, great excuse for a road trip. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And that I've said it before on other episodes, but um, I cannot wait to finish Oregon counties and DeLorme pages. And I've always done bigger travel than that. So I haven't, I've left home and I need to focus on home. But then oddly with the pandemic, even though some of those counties are out in nowhere, they've been labeled as hotspots. So I don't know Mm -hmm. what's going on in those counties, but Mm -hmm. that um, prevents me from going because of my work or else I'd have to work from home, which isn't so convenient. So I don't know. I, I I would love to do that this year, depending on the restrictions. Yeah. So always on my radar, always getting pushed back for some reason or another. Mm-hmm. And you raised a good point there about um, places that you wouldn't think would be popular suddenly become popular because of challenges. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, whether it whether it's counties or geocaches that themselves are just you know, rarely ever visited. If 
it has a property that is a qualifier for a challenge, chances are it's going to suddenly shoot up in popularity. Mm -hmm. Even if it's like remote, nobody really ever goes there. 10 people live in the vicinity. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, that could be good or bad, but generally <laughs> speaking, challenges help shake up the board a bit. They do. And even on a side note, I helped with um, developing or doing the legwork of a geo tour in my area. And it's led to a lot of conversations with tourism folks. Mm -hmm. And that's, I guarantee them, people will come. Geocaching brings people to your area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, it, it, that's a, a big thing to take the, uh, the, the hobby of geocaching to uh, to your town or to a, a city or a region, because if you've got a good community, um, for the tourism aspect, it's a great way to promote the hobby, get new people involved. And, uh, if, if the people high up the ladder like the idea and they are willing to perhaps even fund it, mm -hmm. then, uh, you can get some pretty impressive, uh, geocaches experiences, um, even placed in, you know, it might be, you might look at it as tourism, but generally they want people to have great experiences mm -hmm. just being there. So they're probably all going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but so that's another, uh, that could be another thing for the year. Like if you are good at talking to people <laughs> in authority or uh, businesses or promotion, that sort of thing, then this could be a good opportunity to get your town or your region to think about how to incorporate geocaching into uh, their local landscape. Yeah, Oregon has a number of awesome uh, parks and rec or whatever other kind of departments where a city sponsors a challenge, creates 200 coins maybe as a prize. And I guarantee you, I'm going for that coin in that <laughs> town that weekend every year. You know, mm -hmm. it, it brings me back and I spend my money in their area and you bet you I'm going to do that for a coin. <laughs> yeah. and, so. and, and you know, that's the weird thing. It's like the coins, geocoins themselves, they, if we, if we're not geocachers, you look at a geocoin, like that is a pretty fantastic piece of something to own, like swag mm -hmm. prize, some, something to have, you know, but once you're a geocache, you realize they're not technically really all that expensive, especially right. when they're produced on mass. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it for a business or government or something to earmark some expense to create a batch of geocoins is almost most likely a drop in the bucket considering all the other expenses they have. Right. So if, if they're willing to fund something like that to have a prize or a reward for completing a geo tour, um, then that can make a huge difference because it can get Yeah, just start the conversation. You don't know who this idea is going to really appeal to. Mm -hmm. That's a great um, idea. That's a good non-challenge but geocaching goal. Yeah. <laughs> to make if, if you're that person. Mm. Another suggestion came in from, uh, from CP 590. And I thought this was really a, a really good thing. Um, the geocaches of long Island have a started a, I don't know if they do this every year, but they started a list of challenges for the new year, new year resolution and, uh, pulling it up on the browser. So the geocaches of Long Island, 2021 resolution challenges. It's a long list of just general accomplishments to try to complete throughout the year. It's kind of like a game, I guess. Um, everybody in Long Island, the geocaches group, 
looks at the list. You know, if you've done uh, a mega event and there's that bingo grid of icebreakers, mm -hmm. it's it's that sort of thing. So it's a list right. of things to complete. Like for example, they've got uh, completing a Jasmine challenge, uh, big and little, uh, big and little, um, <laughs> fizzies streaks. So the, a lot of geocaching related challenges. I was looking um, at them though. They make uh, it's all about what you do in 2021. So yeah. it's it's not as simple as it looks to start because there um, you might have to do something you've already done all over again right. it, within this year. An actual challenge. As of this date, you've yes. got to do this. <laughs> yes. It's like, for example, number six, they've got Adventure Lab Challenge for part one, a big Adventure Lab Challenge. Complete 70 Adventure Labs in 2021. Um, Adventure Labs, not stages. And okay. you get four uh, geocachers of Long Island or goalie tokens. So the, the draw to this challenge is that you win basically points in their community, which you can at the end of the year exchange for prizes and uh, gifts and and whatnot so you actually get something at the end that you can choose based on how much you earn throughout the year yeah like i think that's e. great <laughs> chuck e cheese for geocachers yeah i mean is that I, still around do people know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> um what are you, there's there's number 11 uh, ftf magazine challenge get your get your geo name printed in f like this mm. that's not an easy thing like to get to get your name printed in an FTF magazine issue, that gives you two tokens. So, however you do that, I guess there's a way submit to submit a milestone. Submit, yeah, submit milestones mm -hmm. and, and things like that. But you gotta hope that they take your name. <laughs> so they do um, say that every milestone gets published. Mm, mm. Uh, and then number twelve. <laughs> Congratulations to CP5, CP590. Number 12 challenge is the podcast challenge to get geocaches of Long Island mentioned on one of the geocaching podcasts that are out there. Congratulations. <laughs> so you just got five tokens. <laughs> so Glad to that's, help. So that's, that's a great idea that I think uh, anybody can really do for their own community as well. Like if you've got a, uh, a Facebook group or, or something like that, then you could create... Uh, a list of accomplishments, whether they're geocaching related or social related. Um, and then, you know, just, just for the fun, see, uh, see who is able to do that throughout the yeah. year. You're going to have people probably who rush through and do everything in a week. <laughs> Always. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that's a great way to keep people involved and active. I did that for one month so far in Ontario, just created a bingo challenge of, um, or a bingo grid of, uh, various geocaching accomplishments to uh, to win a prize. So, yeah. No reason you can't do that. <laughs> right, right. I was looking at challenges on the Project GC challenge map, and I found it interesting because I thought, what are, what are my goals, my challenge goals? And I didn't look in Portland area because I never go there anyways. Um, I would have to really get inspired. I just don't go to the city. But outside of Portland, along in the western half of Oregon, there has not been a new post-mortorium challenge published. Hmm. That's four, four and a half years without a new challenge, right? Yeah, that's that's a long time. 
that's a long time. So I guess I need to do one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I need to publish my first challenge and get yeah. one on our map in this area. That is a topic for another show. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it will come up very, very soon. That is my homework. <laughs> so if you are listening or watching and you have any questions or topics, then uh, we said it before and we'll say it again. Email us at challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com and, uh, and, and we'll raise it and we'll see what people have to say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if we are moving on, it is almost already nine o'clock. That's we're already an hour in. Wow. Ooh. If we get to the wheel of challenges. <laughs> What's going to be? Who's it going to be? <laughs> One live viewer each month will be selected to face off against the wheel. Have a chance to win the grand prize, which is one-year membership on Project GC. That gives you unlimited checks and a number of other features, all listed on the website. To enter, send an email with a subject containing spin me, followed by your geocaching username and the answer to the following question. The first verified user gets the wheel. Your profile will be checked live on Project GC, and if you qualify, you win. So, here is your question. If you have your app open, and you'll be watching for the first person to send in the correct answer. The question for this month is... Oh, let me update it because it's an old question. <laughs> <laughs> we chased it right before the show. <laughs> Here is your question. What was the average fine count of geocachers worldwide in 2020? So if you've been listening to this show, then you will know. Or your quick searcher on Google. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, so la last month, I can't remember what the question was last month. <laughs> no, I don't remember our question. Ooh, oh, we have our first answer coming in from Albedo 0.39. I still don't know what the 0.39 reference is. <laughs> Maybe you could put that in chat. Um, <laughs> so, yes, he correctly answered 38 is the average. Good. Step one, check. <laughs> So let's bring up the Wheel of Challenges. Sound effects. <laughs> Don't have any sound effects. <laughs> so if we... Hey, Albedo, pretend to spin the wheel with your hand. <laughs> <laughs> and he says his 0 0.39 is in his profile. And you know what? I feel like I've read your profile. And I, of course, don't remember. We have... A challenge. It is a one and a half difficulty. It is GC5NNRA. It is the numbers blue ribbon challenge. If we load that up, it is a challenge by Geocat in Ohio. One and a half difficulty for terrain, which based on the attributes, well, I don't know, might just be a difficult place to get to. But it is. it was published in 2015, so pre-moratorium. So the rules... Are a little looser. In order to log this cache as a fine, you must find and log 10 caches with favorite points, which add up to at least 3,500 favorite points. Mm. So you're, basically your top 10 favorite caches should sum up to more than 3,500 favorite points. 
good point when you say it that way. <laughs> Winning <laughs> makes easy. a big difference. It sounds easier <laughs> when you say it that way. <laughs> so being pre-moratorium, there's no Project GC checker in the description. But if you have the Project GC browser add-on, then it automatically adds in any associated checkers that might have been created post-publish. So mm -hmm. if we open up this checker and we look for albedo 039, let's get albedo 0.39. There's his name. And here we go, running the checker. Drumbrul. Albedo yeah. fulfills. The numbers Congratulations. blue ribbon challenge. <laughs> 10 finds. So your maximum favorite, your highest favorite geocache. So <laughs> this is one of those challenges. If you've been to HQ, you yes. qualify in one, one cache. <laughs> HQ currently has 4,945 favorite points. <laughs> yes. Although you've got attended twice. Have you been there twice, Albedo? I guess. Interesting. Is that possible? I don't know. Because it's. Well, that you, it's by far you've qualified. <laughs> yeah, original stash. Yeah, for sure. Cherry, oh, the tree. cherry tree. That's an amazing <laughs> one. I love that one. So if you're a geocacher and you've not been to HQ, you've got to get there at some point. Stick it on your bucket list because they have a geo tour around the region in Seattle. And Fremont. the caches, yeah, they're just wonderful. They and are. Cherry it's a tree. Great tour. It's because Fremont is so quirky. And so they build the quirkiness into their hides and it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And they like to highlight, they, they show a lot of the geo tour caches and their social media as well. So there's, there's spoilers out there, but they're fun. They're just, they're just, a, it's a great geo tour. Great yeah. And Albedo says before they put in the fix for double logging, he logged it twice. Right. That would be why. Yeah. Yeah. 2010 and 2015. Yep. <laughs> well, you congratulations. Qualify. Good. Yep. So we'll be in touch to make sure that you get that Project GC membership for one year. Congratulations. Yeah. The answer was indeed 38. So moving on, we've also got a monthly challengers prize to give away where we like to highlight, uh, give a shout out and highlight, congratulate people who have qualified and logged challenges throughout the previous month. And a point did come in to clarify, it is for logging a challenge cache of the previous month so right. you've got to find it so you can't log it unless you've already qualified so it has to be a find log on that challenge within the month right um, i definitely hear of a lot of folks reaching certain goals which is awesome but we need you to go out and find the cash related to it wherever yeah. that cash might be yeah because otherwise you could qualify for any challenge around the world. <laughs> right, right. And and on that note, I'll just uh, shout out to a semi-local cashier, FX Bill. His goal was to hide a fizzy, a whole fizzy mm -hmm. grit. And so he just recently oh. did that in our area. So someone could come to our area and get a whole fizzy in a, a short time. Series. Mm -hmm. there, there seem to be more of those popping up, those full fizzy grid series of caches. Yeah. <laughs> now, so, if they are legitimately rated for the difficulty and terrain, props to the cash owners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Yes, this this guy is accurate. So again, his name's FX Bill. You can look around the Canyonville, Oregon area. And um, yeah, you'll get a properly challenged fizzy grid. 
in that area. <laughs> Good so luck I just getting the entire series in one it, day, though. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you'll get poison oak. <laughs> if you are me, like me, you will get poison oak. <laughs> so with this monthly challengers, if you email challenge talk podcast at gmail.com uh, with the GC code that has your find log on it, you can also include a photo if you'd like to share it for that month, you'll be entered into a prize giveaway. And the prizes for this little challenge game are, is, 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 are, is <laughs> a challenge talk geocoin. We have them in stock, as it were, in, <laughs> ready to go out. In our home studios, <laughs> ready to send to you. Yep. So get out there and qualify and find those challenge caches. Great motivation. So we like to highlight a handful of them, usually around five. And uh, so we've got them all queued up here. First of all, we had one sent in from J6 family. It is, I've seen a couple of these. It is archived now, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the PBC 33 reviewer challenge, uh, GC8E74Q. It's uh, owned by Yuki Yukiana in Maine. And... This particular challenge, which I thought was yeah, a nice, interesting challenge, is to find 10 caches that were published by 10 different reviewers. Mm. 10 different reviewers. Most regions have two, three, maybe four. So I kind of found this one uh, good because it pretty much requires travel outside of your region. Right. And, and for some uh, people, that's a breeze and others, that's a challenge. Yeah, yeah. So that was that. That was a neat one, and uh, they found it and qualified. So yay! <laughs> I like it, and that says beginner. So that says to me this uh, cash yeah. hider might have done several levels of this. Yeah, there's probably uh, you probably have to look. It doesn't look like there's a bookmark list for it unless you. So if you don't know bookmark lists in that little section, uh, it'll list all of people's public bookmark lists that it is added to. And it yeah, you can find some interesting challenges that way. That can lead you down a path <laughs> of discovery. Lots of rabbit holes. Yes. <laughs> when you start <laughs> using bookmark lists. Um, so yeah, there's probably a beginner, intermediate, and advanced version with more, more caches, more reviewers. Uh, next up, we've got one from uh, Bloody Cool, who has also sent in GC33Z05. I said Zed. I never say Zed. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Traveler Challenge from JE994214 <laughs> in Virginia. And this one, this one, I thought was an interesting twist. Okay. So, to this is kind of all beginner, intermediate, and advanced all in one. Okay. You have to have at least two hundred finds and five souvenirs. Okay, that's not too hard. No. But for your current where you are now, for your current find count, for each additional 100 finds, you have to have an additional state or souvenir. Hmm. Basically a souvenir, because you get a, a souvenir per state. Right. So if you, up to a maximum, but if you have 2,000 finds, it's not five souvenirs, it's 50, is it 50? No, 2,020 souvenirs. <laughs> but the max, so for, if you, they give examples here. So if you have 400 finds, it's seven souvenirs, 500 is eight souvenirs. Basically, mm -hmm. one souvenir for every 100 finds over 200. That's yes. what you need to qualify. 
up to 5,000 fines. So if you've got more okay. than 5,000 fines, you need 50 students. You're capped. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's not going to be ridiculous if you've got 30. Because <laughs> Al Mogul with hundreds of thousands of fines. You don't yeah, have to and there's have... not even that many souvenirs. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like that because, yeah, it is, it's more, That would that alter the difficulty? That's an interesting one because, yeah, if you right. have more fines, it's it would be more difficult if you haven't traveled much or haven't been focusing on souvenirs. Right, right. But I guess that can be put into a script and it's based on your stats. So it's a valid, valid challenge. Good. I like that one. Uh, we've got one in from Mike Roger uh, or Team Tailwagger. It is GC3VJD5. This one is, so this is the Tri-State Treaty of 2012 Indiana Challenge. Okay. It's one of, one of three challenges for Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio. Uh, it was by January Twin 1, placed in 2012. So again, pre-moratorium, mm -hmm. which will make sense uh, as soon as we find out what the requirements are. And the requirements are basically to find 100 caches in each of those three states. Those states... Oh, okay. The the, uh, the challenge cache is placed at the near the intersection of the three states, the tri-state okay. area. Um, so I haven't searched, but I'm assuming that the other two challenges are in the other two states, uh, all hmm. near each other. So if you live, in so many words, if you live in one of these states, you have to have 100 caches in the other two states. Okay. If you don't live any of the three states, then you've got to have 100 in each of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a neat little partnership triple cash series <laughs> that uh, is nice for people who obviously live in those states. But uh, yeah, it gets you, I guess, traveling around just that tri-state area. Good. How many, I, I have no idea, but how many states actually have three, it's probably more than I think, states that connect at three, or three states that connect at one point? Yeah, I would think it's a, good number oh yeah yeah for sure because there's a lot of offset in the state borders <laughs> yeah ah me can see in canada all of our provinces are pretty much linear mm -hmm. <laughs> there's no there's no <laughs> grid of, of provinces um yeah so i like that one i mean it's not that necessarily that difficult because it's only 100 per state but i kind of like how how it mixes the three states together mm -hmm little bit of creativity there. We have one who that was sent in from Runner Casher. GC5367R. Changes in latitude challenge. 15 oh, I'm degrees. intrigued. Okay. Uh, hmm. So you can't require people in post-moratorium guidelines to find caches in specific latitude, longitudinal degrees mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. But you can have a range, a, a distance... A difference in ranges and distances. Okay. <laughs> How do I say that? Di whatever. You know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so in this challenge by Sea Dog 129 in Virginia, you have to find two caches that are 15 degrees of latitude apart. Is this one of those words it, um, exactly? Um, the okay. So. The, uh, or maybe I'm thinking wrong with latitude. 2024. I think it's at least 15 degrees of latitude. So I guess that's sounds like more than 15. 
But I mean, I, I guess you could say if they're if the numbers, if the degrees are 15 precisely apart, then they are at least 15. Mm-hmm. Mathematically, like 15.1 and zero is, you know, within 15. So, um, yeah, if you were to subtract them and the answer is between zero and 15, then I think you qualify. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you, you could also look at it as some of those challenges that are distance between two caches, but it's nicer rounder number to say number of degrees latitude. Mm-hmm. Sounds and, very geo. Yeah. And Cache. I think that'll always be the same distance. The lat the lo- the longitude no lat la- yeah the longitude distances get longer get wider at the equator than near the poles. Right. But the latitude distances, the side the width of the latitudes are always the same. Right. Are they? Th- are they? I th- now that we're talking, <laughs> I think they are, because there is a bulge at the equator. But I think the I think depending, I guess it depends on the coordinate system. That might be the difference. <laughs> anyway, that's that's we a whole have lot homework. Of, yeah. <laughs> Either way, if your caches are listed at degrees where there's at least fifteen degrees difference, then you qualify. Sharon's coming to our rescue. She says latitude will always be the same distance. Okay. So that means that because there's a bulge, <laughs> the actual degree differences will be slightly less closer to the closer to the equator, but minimally nothing to worry about. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that was in by runner Casher. I like that one. Uh, so next up we have one from kitty catch who sent in Challenge Cache Series December Finds GC8ZRXF from Darkside Dan in Australia, New South Wales. This was published in August. Okay. So relatively new. To claim the find, uh, this one was just like a, a mix of numbers, numerics. So you've got to okay. find 71 caches in December, seven cache types in December, and at least one CEDO in December. Mm. To me, that's what it makes makes it hard, depending on your community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a CETO in nine years in this area in December. Uh, yeah, a CETO in December would be much more rare than during the summer. Yeah. <laughs> um, otherwise, yeah, there's something special about seven and one. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> there, there's nothing in the description. You're right. It's seven, it's just, 71. Yeah. Seven, seven and one. one. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was kind of a, a neat little interesting yeah. one month challenge. Sometimes the play on numbers, because with the bookmarking uh, guideline restriction now, you can't use like numbers and letters and text based stuff. Having it's, you, you can still be creative in the numbers that you throw into a challenge. Yes. For quantities and stuff. And this is the kind of challenge where if I came across this one, and I ran my numbers or however you're doing it to figure out if you qualify that this would be one that I would feel like I could go after it. Um, I could make a plan, the plan, if I didn't qualify and, uh, mm-hmm. it would give me a nice little challenge to work towards, especially in a month like December. I, I don't know about everyone, but you can really get, uh, off focused of completely uh, geocaching the whole month long with holidays and weather, at least here in the Northern hemisphere. And mm. yeah, I like that. Yeah, for sure. 
So there we have our five highlights. And remember to enter for next month. Send your email in before next month's show. Usually up to the day. Up to the day as well. As long as it's before <laughs> the show. We'll catch it. As long as we can um, see it. <laughs> so we choose randomly from everybody who has sent in their uh, challenges. And uh, this month's winner is... Let's see. <laughs> Our winner is Team Tailwagger. Team Tailwagger. Congratulations. That is Mike. We will obviously be in touch with you to uh, figure out how to get you that geocoin. Congratulations. Special geocoin. So, moving on, one last thing I love to uh, emphasize or highlight is my own little challenge, my own little extreme epic challenge, the Iron Bingo Challenge. That is the uh, GC5, GC3D5EB. And this particular challenge is one that I published pre-moratorium. For obvious reasons, it would not be publishable today. <laughs> it's a five difficulty bingo grid of streak challenges. Basically, you need to complete a bingo line to qualify. Uh, completing any one of these categorical cells of streaks, numbers of days. In the center, we've got 100 consecutive days geocaching. And around it, we've got things like 10 days of virtual caches, 10 days of letterboxes, 5 days of abandoned structures, 25 days streaks, 25 day streaks of difficulty 3 and above, terrain 3 and above. Like, basically, one little property and a streak of days. It's not easy because, uh, and would not be publishable today, because it's... It, it kind of favors um, people who are relatively new, who still have a huge right. cache landscape and lots of, lots to find. Um, and it's a lot harder for people who've cached out their area. Um, and also it's streaks, <laughs> very small streaks. <laughs> but for things like, there's one, uh, where is the scuba? There's a three, three days of scuba caches. Easy for people in Nevada. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but if you're in an area that's got no water and no lakes, you probably don't have a lot of scuba caches or you'd have to travel a great distance to get those three. No, I just had an evil thought, a wrong thought, getting your friend to put scuba attribute. That, yeah, I mean, that's, that's on also their possible. caches. <laughs> there's, there, there's, there's no way to check to see that your finds are legitimate <laughs> to the spirit of the challenge. But just like any project gc any checker any uh, challenge that's allowed these days people will be people play to the spirit of the challenge and enjoy it for what it's trying to get you to do yeah but if you don't there's no way we can stop it right um but uh love to mention that one of the first people to complete the entire grid did it all within 100 days so they completed that center grid. Hardcore. Hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> they planned out, and it was two people. So they planned out all of the caches within the vicinity and figured out how they could overlap different cells, different challenges, so that one find could qualify for multiple streak challenges. And they made this huge Excel spreadsheet with all the stuff and managed to squeeze it all into 100 days, hoping for as few DNFs as possible. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> and they managed to complete the entire grid in 100 consecutive days. So the thing with this challenge is that I do have a uh, geocoin that I will be ideally, hopefully, getting to this year, finally, after so many years, to, uh, to minting. And I've said that anybody who completes the full card or certain shapes will, uh, will earn one of these geocoins. And so I've opened, it, opened that up to the community, to the challenging community, challenge caching community, that if you can qualify for the entire grid, so not just shapes, but in this case, anyone who qualifies for the entire bingo card will earn themselves a special geocoin, the iron bingo geocoin. So keep working on that. We've got Gary of the GBs. He uh, sent in a little update that he is working on it and he is four cells away from completing the grid. Wow. So and close. he's a hardcore. Oh, Cash he's grid. hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he's still missing the uh, three, three days of UV light caches. Okay. Uh, 10 days of letterboxes, 15 days of multis, and 15 days of larges. He said that N4 is probably going to be his hardest because there's so few larges nearby. So that's going to take some effort on his part. <laughs> He's got a lot of friends. Maybe he can convince people to hide things. Get people to place large caches. There's more motivation. <laughs> <laughs> but that, And that's another good reason why this kind of challenge isn't possible because with these kind of streaks, if you break the streak, you have to start over, but yeah. you can't use the same caches. Right. So essentially you almost unqualify yourself and they don't like that. Yeah. Good point. So that's the update for the iron bingo challenge. It's still going. That is what we've got for today's show. Do you have any closing thoughts about 2021? I I'm excited that for everyone, we got some good, uh, everyone seems to have a challenge, big or small, uh, in the chat I'm seeing. So I'm excited for everyone. We, we have a new year, which always brings new hope. Um, a lot of possibilities and, uh, so keep telling us about it. Yeah. And yeah, I would, th I would say if you are able to get out geocaching, then certainly now at the beginning of the year, think about the kind of challenges that will take all year to complete. Yeah. Especially what a uh, one that we didn't mention is, um, day of the year mm -hmm. challenges. Cause those, if you miss a day, you've got to wait a full year. Right. So go, if you are trying to qualify for challenges, find those date found year grid challenges, and then mark off in your calendar any days that you need to find a cache or a certain aspect of geocaching, because you don't want to miss that day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's it, the worst part is when it's like three days of the entire year, and you've got to get those three days to qualify. And, it's, and they're you, you so can, spread forget. apart. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, completely forgetting. And yeah. I've heard the horror stories, you know, like, oh, I ended up in the hospital that day you know, or mm -hmm. something, you know, <laughs> so like, no. overslept something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's something to keep in mind. Um, and uh, there was something I was going to say and I forgot. <laughs> but um, yeah, so 2021, lots of stuff to do. Um, and also, do not forget January 30th, the Worldwide Cash Con. Uh, go to Geocache Talk. Where is the I didn't put the URL on. <laughs> <laughs> GeocacheTalk.com slash WWCC21. Mm -hmm. 
There we go. Now it's on the screen. <laughs> Geocachetalk.com slash WWCC21 for all of the information you need about the event. Watch that space and watch our social media, Geocache Talk on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. There is even, oh yes, Worldwide Cash Talk is on Instagram. It uh, is. Do we remember, do we remember what the, uh, the name is? I think it's... I do not. <laughs> but I would think it's very similar to WWCC21. Yeah, I think. No, I can't remember what it is. It's out there. Look for Geocache Talk on Instagram and check <laughs> check followers, whatever. You'll find it on there. It's WWCacheCon. Ah. WWCacheCon. Yes, there it is. And we'll be sharing things like the uh, Im images and event updates, logos, graphics, that sort of thing. So follow. If there's news, it'll be there. And on Twitter uh, and Facebook. Pretty much any of the big social media, there will be We're announcements. There. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and on that note, the next show, as usual, will be the first Thursday of February. And that means it will be February 4th. Always got to look that date up. Um, we, ought, we often get people asking about that. Best way to remember is just first Thursday of the first month. First Thursday. Challenge talk. Uh, and if and... you're ever uh, confused, I, I know our, our schedule across the whole network. Just go to geocachetalk.com, that very front page. If you click on the icon for the show you're curious about, it's going to take you to the YouTube link for the next show. It'll tell you the date and time. Yeah, so geocachetalk.com, there's header with information. If you go to podcasts, there's all the podcasts are linked, and there's a podcast calendar. Which yes, there's that too. Provide details about when the shows are on uh, and anything that's upcoming. So there's. And watch for breaking news. We had live breaking news last night. So always yep. subscribe, uh, especially to the YouTube, and, um, and follow don't us on to Facebook. Ring the bell. Don't forget ring, to. Ring, ring. Oh, what do people say? Smash that button i don't smash know smash that like button <laughs> thumbs up uh 2020 style is peter mckinnon 2021 now. <laughs> anyway thank you everybody for uh coming and joining us for this uh this episode everybody in chat as well if you're listening you can still tune in to the youtube or facebook and uh and scroll back and see everything people have mentioned in chat uh any any references anything that we may have missed to mention um, it's all there. We'll be updating the show notes. They get posted shortly after the show on uh, on the YouTube uh, post as well in the video description. And on that note, thanks for watching and listening. And remember, it's not about the numbers. It's about that challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> good night. Thanks. Have a good night. See you later.